0: Ha <laughs> ha Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I am joined today, as always, by Jeff Freed. Jeff, hello.
1: Hello. I like the as always. We've become <laughs> fast friends in the last few months.
0: It feels like there was no past before we started this podcast, doesn't it? It,
1: it does. <laughs> I, I'm uh, delighted to talk with you, Pete, as always, and it's fun to do this podcast series.
0: We're pivoting a little bit in terms of the, you know, we've been talking a lot about managing intranets. We've talked about intelligent intranets. We've talked about all sorts of these concepts for of, of the technology underlying this and the next generation of intranet technology. Now we're going to be talking about application, search in life sciences and the impact on research and development in life sciences, particularly pharmaceutical. Can you set us up? Why did this topic come up for you as something we should talk about today?
1: Well, th- there's a... Uh, an overall milieu for me as a longstanding search nerd, that there are industries where search is used very intensively. I've had a vision for a long time that is, you know, what's sometimes called search-driven applications, that companies have multiple ways they use search uh, in different parts of the organization and in different roles And we see that at BA Insight all over the place. But I've noticed over the last couple of years that without, I'll say, deliberately trying to verticalize BA Insight, we have found big pockets of customers in particular verticals, either by, I'll say, happenstance or by the fact that they're information-intensive industries. One of those is life sciences. They are fun and challenging to work with because it's a regulated industry that's very exacting, but they are aware that they are really knowledge businesses. So the idea of this set of podcasts is to sort of tell the stories of some of our customers in life sciences. And I think that their stories are generalizable to almost any industry Yet there are particular challenges in this uh, segment of the world.
0: I'm I'm curious about two points you just made. Uh, one, I think most practically that they are regulated. And what are the constraints that come up for you in terms of helping these organizations deal and, and operate in a regulated environment? Two, you said they were fun. <laughs> I'm really curious how these life sciences, uh, data scientists are, are super fun. Um, uh, <laughs> That, that gives me a chuckle. Well, the
1: regulated industries have uh, the characteristics that they have to keep information around in both specific forms and for specific periods of time, both to do sort of approvals and submittals, et cetera. We see this in some of our oil and gas customers as well. And for compliance purposes, you know, for example, one of our customers initiated a big search and discovery program after they had trouble with the fda that was ultimately traced to not having a good handle on the information they knew uh, and therefore missing things in the clinical trial process that they might have otherwise caught the fact that they're regulated is only means that they're then subject to fines and review, et cetera, to discover this sort of thing. So that was, that was your first question about being a regulated industry. The other question you had was, why do I think it's fun to work with these guys? Well, part of it's that I'm a nerd. And the concepts that life sciences companies work with, I find just fascinating, uh, both scientifically and medically and the potential that they have to really, truly change lives is a turn on. That's why I find it fun.
0: Well, I, 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 th- that is a noble effort. I was imagining more of a party atmosphere, frankly, from your atmosphere or from your uh, r- response. But I'll go with the. Um... The research and development. Oh,
1: in my mind, in my uh. mind, every day is a party, Pete, and, and the, the nerdier, the, the more fun.
0: Perfect. Uh, so let's talk about where uh, where BA Insight uh, plays into this process. Without getting into specifics, and maybe we should we should open here with a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, we have, as you already mentioned, a number of customers in the field that are, are customers of BA Insight, and uh, but we're not mentioning them by name. Uh, Why not?
1: Part of it is more than a lot of other segments. These are customers that are, I'll say, shy to put their names out in coordination with with a vendor. It's been sort of funny. We've done a number of roundtables and even events with these customers in which they will talk and tell a great story, but they can't use their name on a program because of approval of a very large company. Actually, last year I was at a conference and gave essentially somebody else's talk about their experience without using their name, despite the fact that everyone knew who it was um, (laughs) with the guy in the audience. It was it was really funny. So that's essentially just one, one of the reasons that. I'll be telling real stories as well as my experience of working in, you know, across sort of the the value chain in life sciences, but I'm not going to specifically tell you the names of the companies.
0: But let's go ahead and dig into some of the overall points where BA Insight Tools um, become truly effective and having efficient search becomes truly effective in life sciences.
1: If you look at a a pharmaceutical or a biotech company, there's a whole value chain from research through development through, I'll say, go-to-market clinical trial and approval. Then there's a manufacturing, packaging, and distribution process. And then there's a sales and marketing and service process. And in the areas of research and development, clinical trial management, manufacturing, and uh, sales and service, all four of those are areas that That we've seen some very nice applications of search and applications of BA Insights products. These are R&D intensive organizations and they're knowledge organizations, as I mentioned, but there's different views and sometimes different kinds of information in in those four areas
0: we've talked about legal um, organizations, law firms, and very large law firms dealing with many different associated sort of data types and data sources. Uh, I, I imagine you run into a, a field here that, that competes heartily uh, in terms of the number of associated uh, research or resource sort of databases and data sources uh, that you're having to contend with. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of parallels between law firms and which are also knowledge businesses and life sciences, although I'll say there's much more deep IP and manufacturing processes in life sciences. It's not uncommon to have clinical studies reports, correspondence, what are called CRFs and SOPs, which are research dossiers, lab notebooks in Multiple specialized systems, and there are systems such as Phase Forward that do nothing but clinical trial management that are, by their own nature, silos. We've had on the podcast one of our law firm customers that mentioned how they had discovered, you know, they had to get to a threshold of about 80% of the information people need to get their job done in a single pane of glass, and that that was about seven systems. It's analogous in life sciences, although I will say that it's fairly common for people to be using three or four systems in a more specialized, more focused area. And it's a uh, domain where there's similarly a lot of external information. There's both standards and well-known ontologies like uh, a thing called Medline provides a whole lot of information about medical research. There's a lot of literature out there. One of the reasons that there tend to be multiple systems and even sort of multiple systems of the same type is that Life Sciences has had a lot of mergers and acquisitions. For a decade, there's been a trend towards MA and joint ventures. And there's a number of our customers that have bought 456 in one case 20 different companies in the last year and a half
0: that's stunning
1: it is remarkable yeah and as the sort of invention moves from uh you know there's there's sort of a, a bunch of specialized biotech firms in for example what, what's sometimes called designer medicine where the trend is to just start a new company and build up to the point that you're proven and then get bought in these M&A, especially the larger companies like Merck and or Pfizer acquired Wyeth, or Allergan has acquired you know multiple companies recently. You end up with multiple systems in different parts of the company. Those are silos, and of course, search is a great way to bridge those silos. Uh, and BA Insights products end up playing a strong role in those scenarios.
0: I was involved in a in a merger uh, myself from a project management side many uh, moons ago, and and uh, in terms of significant mergers, one of the things that we we noted was uh, the impact that the technology had, in fact, having all employees from new organizations and from the the incoming organization and external uh, data sources and vendors uh, and the original internal systems, being able to talk to one another has a significant impact on culture, right? How happy people are when they come to work at their new joint company or their ingested uh, company Uh, has a lot to do with how easy it is for them to sit down at at their computer and find what they need to find. When they need to find it, documents and metadata, and their data databases, applications that they're used to using. Um, I, in terms of how uh, you go about thinking through these things, I'm thinking about the the overall sort of other risks. You know, for for me, it was very much cultural. But what are the other things you're looking for when you're managing these systems that that uh, uh, make the case for involving uh, you and BA Insight?
1: There's both opportunities and and threats at play. Uh, the opportunities in M&A is to find synergies across both the, the product lines and intellectual properties and also operational. And to explore and get meaningful information about what else is going on in the company is a real opportunity. There's also a threat. I, I talked about regulatory inquiries and the, the penalties you have if you're unable to answer to them, etc. There's also a in life sciences a lot of ip both patents uh and other forms of ip and there's therefore often a threat of losing market position to generic drugs because of patent expiration or challenges in how you use the ip across multiple parts of the company those are i find very fascinating looking at how to provide data transparency across Emerged organization and the value of data discovery in those kind of scenarios.
0: This is an industry rich with opportunity, especially given the pressures and demands on search to increase transparency and efficiency. Next week, we are going to pick up right here, and Jeff is going to share case examples that highlight this opportunity, both in terms of the technology. And the culture at work with our customers. Until then, thank you all so much for downloading and listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the show for free wherever finer podcasts are served, or right at home on BAInsight.com. On behalf of Jeff Fried, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next time right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.